Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup with Dave Prodan. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 103. Stop number two on the 2022 WSL Championship Tour season, the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach presented by Shiseido, has commenced its waiting period. It may even be streaming live right this second, so go check it out if that's the case. With the world's best surfers taking on forecasted solid surf at the famed North Shore break. Both the men and women will look to shore up their respective rankings positions ahead of the midseason cutoff after CT stop number five, where both fields will be reduced by one third ahead of the back half of the season and the hunt for a spot in the world title deciding rip curl WSL finals at Lower Trestles in September. First, though, the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach presented by Shiseido will be streaming live at WorldSurfLeague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. All right episode 103. Today's guest is someone who is actually a return guest to the lineup. And while we dove deep into her career and biography in episode number 65, a lot has happened since then. She's released her long-awaited profile film, Undone. She's weathered the COVID-19 lockdowns in Australia. She's joined the WSL commentary team in Hawaii, where she's been sending it, it off the wall in between shifts. And she has a behind-the-scenes tour vlog that should be dropping this week. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with North Narrabeans' Laura Enever. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. Let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. <laughs> All right, we have Laura Enever, the pride of North Narrabeen, on today's episode <laughs> of The Lineup. Laura, thanks for joining us again. This is our second episode. I know, second time. Lucky me. It's pretty exciting, and I and I... I'm not saying the pride of North Narrabeen and Jess. That is where me and my family lived when I was a little kid, where North Narrabeen um, would have been board riders approved. But you you and Nathan Hedge were sort of cemented with an award recently in Narrabeen. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I know. Me and, uh, me and Hoggy were both made life members of North Narrabeen Board Riders Club just a couple of months ago back at our like annual board riders presentation. So it was like a huge shock for me because, you know, like I think I, I'm the first girl to be inducted in as a life member. And, but yeah, like they, they gave Hedgie his award and we were like in tears when he did his speech and he just talked about just like the roots of the club and the history and, and what the club meant and the support and just that family, yeah, that support that he had um, throughout his whole career. And like, we were all in tears and then like, and then they like like okay cool and then and we've got another person to be inducted and then they said <laughs> she and I was like oh my gosh and then Chris was actually uh, my brother was he was on the mic and he was he was meant to you know um, call me up but he like started crying <laughs> and then it was just like all of everyone was just yeah it was very emotional so you but, had um, no idea like Chris didn't had Chris no didn't idea. give you a hint no. or anything. And so Chris couldn't even do the speech, so he had to hand over the mic. And then um, I got up and I was just like, couldn't even really talk. But um, it's just like one of those moments where like it was such a, a shock and for people that don't really have a, you know, they're not a part of a board riders club, it might sound like you don't really un understand. But I think just, yeah, the, the history and, and the people I was standing next to from up there with, with the North Abbey board riders, I was standing beside Damien Hardman, Simon Anderson, um, so many of the clubs like, 
yeah, icons really. So it was like a, a bit of a pinch me moment. And like I, I kind of would have thought that would have happened when I got a bit older, <laughs> but I'm 30 now. So I guess I, I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. I'm, um, I'm in the club, which is pretty cool. Well, I think we're going to dive into that a little bit more in the second segment, but it is reflective of, I think, kind of the theme with you just from the outside, which is that whether it's at a local community level or on the world stage, whether it's in sort of big wave surfing or CT surfing, whether it's behind the camera, in front of the camera, like you seem to adapt and succeed and thrive in so many situations. You've been there in Hawaii for a little bit. First things first, you know, where are you at the moment? You know, who are you hanging out with? Did you surf today? What's it, what's it like? <laughs> well, I got up at 6, no, about 5.45 this morning because uh, our call time for the commentary team was 6.30 down at sunset. So went down there, got, um, yeah, in the dark, first day of the waiting period, but we kind of had the feeling the event was going to be called off just looking at the forecast and the waves to come. So I actually came home and jumped back in bed for like a 15-minute power nap. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, just I'm staying with Steph here at the moment up at sunset and they've gone off for a little surf and Steph's actually been waking up in the dark. She's very, very um, focused and, and ready for this event. So we were up together this morning. I was like, wow, nice to see you up in the dark, darling. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Steph Gilmore is very excited for the event. Um, but, yeah, like I haven't left Australia in the last two years. So with COVID, everything, you know, I never, I, I didn't travel. My last surf trip was Hawaii 2019. Uh, I got to go to Jaws and then I launched my movie Undone at the start of two, 2020 and literally like the day after we did our first big premiere, COVID hit and that story for two whole years and then um yeah finally got to get over here um right after Christmas I had my flight booked but I actually got to the airport and tested positive for COVID and had to go back to my house <laughs> with all my gear like I was ready for like my two two months in Hawaii like so excited um and then yeah went back and, and did my quarantine and thankfully didn't get too sick like had a yeah a bit of a few rough days but um yeah it was yeah, could get the approval to fly two weeks later. And so I finally got over here on about the 10th of Jan. And uh, me and Steph actually had a, a cool little house down at, at the beach at Backdoor. And, and we I saw that it was available when when COVID was happening. And I was like, Steph, let's just go and like be at the beachfront for like three three weeks and just surf Backdoor and, and off the wall. And well, I love off the wall. She was very keen to surf Backdoor and pipe and just get to know the wave and and just like really put in some time there. So that was like a good three weeks of just like surfing our brains out before the pipe event. And then unfortunately Steph got COVID and had to pull out of the event at pipe. But um, yeah, she's back now. I'm back and I'm sure hungrier than ever. When you got COVID before you came to Hawaii, was that your first time getting it? Or? Yeah, that was my first time getting it. It, it's odd, like, I, I mean, the amount of people that have gotten it, you know, multiple times. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's people who have never gotten it that feel like I'm in that camp. I, I, totally. I don't think I've ever got it. But then it's you're going like, Jesus, should I get it? Like what like what's been going on? And it's just it's a total trip. I know. You know, when when we were kicking around the idea of, of having you back on. I think it was right around the time that you did arrive in Hawaii. So it's maybe mid-January or yeah. whenever. And and it was right around the time that footage popped up on social media of you either out at backdoor or maybe off the wall, as you said, just 
sending it on a <laughs> horrifying wave and getting annihilated. So my first response yeah. when someone's like, you should have Laura back on, I said, if she is still alive, absolutely, <laughs> let's get it back on. But then number two, like, super glad to see that you are. And in addition to that wave that didn't go so well, I, I personally have been like overwhelmed with clips of you just nailing barrels out at like the most dangerous stretch of sand and reef on the planet. It does seem like, even though it's been a couple of years, this may already be the best season you've ever had in Hawaii, just from a performance standpoint, just for you, outside yeah. of the commentary stuff. No, I think so. I mean, like the last few, you know, before before COVID in the last few years, I was in here, like over here in Hawaii, like I just wasn't really that focused on surfing. I kind of, I, I kind of was only coming for like two weeks at a time then going home and then, yeah, I think I was just not really putting in the time. So for me this season, like I was just so so keen and stoked to come over and I actually just be like let's surf my brains out get to know these waves and like put myself amongst it but yeah like that wave and off the wall was that <laughs> I had like my tail between my legs for a few days and I Steph had to like give me like a pep talk and be like don't be embarrassed about like those falls like that was you're, you're charging but I was like oh my gosh like I don't want to I like wanted to come over and get like be you know like a amazing barrel online of me not like a crazy wipeout but I mean yeah can't can't win them all you gotta gotta give it a shot but that was yeah but you've had both like I've seen (laughs) I've seen so many good waves you too but also in terms of just the crazy charging that you you've always you've always from observedly like how to run at really big waves but I've noticed I think and and heat check me if I'm wrong but you've got a quiver of Dylan Longbottom shapes in Hawaii this year I don't know how many of our listeners know who Dylan Longbottom is, but he was a very formidable person in my upbringing as a surfer. Can you can you give some background on Dylan for the listeners and also just how you came to ride his boards? Yeah, totally. I think, yeah, halfway through last year, well, actually at the start of last year, I went on a, a couple of trips with Dylan and he is like one of the, the best Australian or best worldwide big wave surfers. He's known for like getting these crazy waves and um, towing at Chopes back in the day. And yeah, he's just one of, the all-time greats and he's you know been at Nazare and he's shaping you know for uh Lucas Chumbo and uh Justine Dupont and like, like a lot of the best big wave guys will be on Dylan's toe boards um Matahi over in Tahiti Laurie Towner um Ryan Hipwood and so like all these guys were like riding Dylan's boards and I went down on a trip to, with him last year down down the south coast of Sydney uh to a couple of like reef breaks there and um just tried out one of his daughter's boards and just like yeah was just like wow like just the paddle paddle power that I was getting for like from it and um we were just chatting about boards and I kind of like went home and you know like I was still you know after we chatted last time last time like I, I was in the event at Narrabeen and I was kind of like found myself on this fence that I was like oh my gosh like if I maybe if I like go and just get a bunch of Dylans and like I could just go for it and like just properly dive into free surf and big wave you know for the next couple of years and then um but I was on the fence because I was like looking at this year's tour schedule as well and like it's so many big gnarly waves of consequence and barrels and I was like oh my gosh like this is you know I feel like someone like Kiala also is like well look at the tour schedule it's like all these waves that like you know I dream to be surfing in a heat but yeah like the whole uh, yeah, whether I want to be competing or free surfing is a whole different choice. So I think I was like, just had to do some thinking and I ended up deciding to go get a bunch of Dylan boards and, and start writing for them. So I've got everything from my, um, you know, five, nine step ups, 
for barrels and slabs up and up to my 10 guns that I've bought over here. And um, yeah, I've been able to ride them all so far, which has been pretty awesome. That was going to be one of my questions, though, because um, when was your last full year on the championship tour? That was 2017. And hasn't been like a long time, just it's been five years, although I suppose COVID makes it feel like several <laughs> lifetimes. But the tour in the redesign that we're seeing in 2022, kind of radically different, as you pointed out, with waves of consequence. Do you do you feel like, you know, you're still charging, you're still surfing at such a high level? Do you feel like, oh, I'm not done competing? Like I may, I may want to crack at this because if I get back on the championship tour, it's actually better suited to the way I surf. Yeah, totally. Well, I think, you know, like for me, I was just like really excited to travel this year just because we haven't been been able to the last couple of years. And then um, I have a few of my own goals this year. The regional QS starts in, you know, a couple of months and like I just like can't really see myself doing them at the moment, but maybe next year. I mean, I feel like, yeah, like I still feel like I'm learning in, in in like a really prime time my career with like I guess the barrel riding and the, the techniques and everything that I'm learning yet yeah, in those waves of consequence so I mean it would it would be nice to just like jump in there but I think you know I've got so many other cool things going on right now and um I think I'll know by the time I get to the end of this year whether I'm watching all these waves and I mean for now like even at pipe like there were days where I definitely was like oh my god just like put me out there but I like I have been loving just supporting the women and like being someone there to just like cheer them on and and yeah like hopefully I like can go go and like get back to pipe and you know I'll never be probably like won't be able to surf with no one out which is probably the one thing that I want to be out there with no one out there, which is, I guess you only get them in the heat, but <laughs> competing is a whole nother thing. Like the, the different feelings you get in the heat, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess there's the glory and everything, but um, it's, it's a hard one. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> well, I think you're so uniquely positioned and it was so awesome having you at Pipe too, because you have had a, a very, very celebrated championship tour career. You've come out, you've really pushed women surfing in waves of consequence with your film Undone and the free surfing trips you've been taking. And as you pointed out, like no one told you to go to Hawaii early and like park it at pipe, but you did that, you know? And yeah. so having you in the lineup and it, it you know, it, everyone sort of said it, like a very historic event, having the women's first official championship tour event at Pipeline, what were some of the things you noticed in the lineup that were maybe different from past seasons you've been in Hawaii around women at Pipe leading up to the event? Yeah, I mean, like I, as soon as I got here, the Tahui Backdoor Shootout was happening and um, WSL had the girls team in it. And so I, like one of the maybe like fourth days I was here, got to watch uh, Moana, Kiala, Bianca and um, Bethany all just like absolutely charge at like maxing Pipe and that was just like incredible. Like I, I had my own goals and I was just like so excited to watch and see how much they were pushing it out there. And um, I think that was like, you know, that was a turning point. I think since after after that, that was like the start of January, and then just seeing Moana's progression over the last few weeks, like you know, like she has just pushed herself like above and beyond. The, I think the Hui backdoor shootout was like that. That was it for her. Like those, those are the biggest battles she'd had out pipe. Some of those days at like second reef, and we, me and Moana were paddling out together and sort of sitting out and trying to chip get get, get some chip ins. Um, and she was saying to me that this was like the biggest that she'd served. And by the time the pipe event rolled around, she just looked like she could do it with her eye, like she could do it with her eyes closed. She knew, knew the lineup so well, like 
it was amazing just watching her in the lineup out pipe. And I think that was the thing like um, you can charge so hard, but she knows that wave so well. She knows her lineups. Like she's just so in sync with that wave. It's like just crazy to watch. But um, And it must be like so radical for her being able to be in – be out at like really, really good pipeline with no one else, because I'm sure you've experienced this too, but it's like when the pack is on it and free surfs, the waves that do come to people who aren't kind of, well, anyone really is like, yeah. oh my God, like no one else wanted this wave, which means it's either a dud or maybe a psycho wave that I yeah, should be, yeah. you know what I mean? Where you're, So in the back <laughs> of your head, you're like, oh no, I like, what am I doing on this wave? How come like, you know, Nate Florence didn't get it or something? Totally. Um, but it's just probably just a totally different experience being able to say, I know where to sit and there's not a hundred people around me and I just get all the waves I want. Totally. And I think that was why she was just so amazing. I, that last day, the finals day, like I did think, um, you know, Carissa could have taken it if there was more backdoor waves. But I think there was just such a there was such a big space between where you needed to sit for the backdoor waves and the pipe waves that, yeah, like Carissa just like wasn't in the right position, but she's going to learn. I, I think like seeing, you know, Tyler and Carissa get those, you know, those amazing backdoor barrels. And, um, yeah, I think we're just going to see over the next few years, like a lot of the girls starting to to charge. And I think like it was, a, it was such a bummer. We didn't get to see like Tatiana go further and surf on the, those big days. And then, um, also Courtney, like I've seen her out there on some big days, um, Courtney Conlog in the lead up to the event and unfortunately went out early. But I think, you know, me and Tyler were talking about it. Like when we, like the women's first went back to Fiji to cloud break, there was like the first event we got like this eight to 10 foot swell and like none of the girls are really prepared. We were like all on these like, boards that like we'd never really ridden and then every year after that like we just saw like from the girls not getting barreled taking off wide just doing turns to like I think the third year the contest run like Rand Cruz was getting like tens for like these amazing cloud break barrels so I think we're just going to see that happen with the girls at Pipe like now that everyone's surfing there like even on some of the lay days here the girls have all just been you know surfing back to her again and um in between surfing sunset so we're just going to see more and more girls and the young girls out there so it's it's really cool i i was i was blown away by by how well everyone surfed you know and and there was yeah. this weird thing that happened and i guess sort of a uh, that i observed that happened after the event or during the event too in like a small small part of you know surf media or like surf core audience or whatever that was like very critical of the women out at pipe yeah. and like very celebratory Moana, but also like kind of comparing and contrasting. And it, to me, I'm a 38 year old white male, mediocre surfer. And unfortunately most of surf media is sort of in my cohort as well, yeah. but it, it was just odd to kind of see how loudly critical some of them were when I know for a fact that most of them wouldn't paddle out at like four foot yeah. at their home break, <laughs> let alone 10 foot pipeline. And I'm like, it's so bizarre that there's just not like an appreciation for how well everyone's doing, because whether it was Lakey or Tyler or Carissa, I was just blown away by how well they were surfing backdoor and pipe. Who was there? I get, well, I'll pause. Did you notice that as well? I guess sort of in the yeah. commentary about that. I noticed. Right? I felt like there was a lot of, um, there was, everyone had their two bits to say and like 
whether it was positive or negative or just, you know, like questioning certain decisions and why the girls didn't run on the on the men's final day. And it was gnarly. Like the, I feel like it's me and Steph were talking about the day after. Like I came home and watched some of the replays and I was like, the waves look gnarly on the on the camera, but like they were so like it looks like five times as gnarly in real life. And the boys make it look so easy and Moana makes it look so easy. And even um, like I remember being in the channel one of the days commentating and like some of the waves that the boys were going, they just like so steep, so gnarly. It's in like one foot of water and like, yeah, there's just certain days out there that like with the certain direction and like the thickness of it, it, it can just be like meaner and angrier and, and have more teeth. But you can't really tell like when you're watching on the camera like it just look, looks pretty like if the light is nice on the wave it like just looks like this beautiful wave but like in reality it's like super super dangerous the girls have the whole rest of the year ahead of them people have been getting more hurt in the last month than like ever like everyone's hitting everyone's like cutting and like you know the, the girls don't want to like break themselves going into like a really important year but you know that the finals day ended up being like a pretty massive day for the girls and um you know they all pushed themselves and yeah like I I I think it was an amazing I think all yeah throughout the event it was just awesome like Moana is a pipe specialist but she's set the bar for all the girls now to be like we can do that if we put our head to it like we can all we have the ability we just need to have that trust and like and go go for it really I, I was, it's funny you, you talked about kind of the difference between what you see on a, a webcast versus reality. And I was talking to um, Zhao Xianka about this on last week's episode where it's like, you know, growing up, it, you didn't even have a webcast. You just have a photo of this like yeah. <laughs> perfectly like, you know, pipe left and someone's just standing there. And when you're like, you're like, oh, that looks really nice. Like, I feel like if I can get barreled, it would be on that wave. Like, it looks very like you're right there. It looks like it's easy to come out, et cetera. And the reality of like going there and seeing the shifting lineup and like having to position yourself, having, you know, you know, taper your entry speed and your entry point. And it's like, oh, my God, getting to that photo point where the person's just standing tall and cruising is the the dissonance between what people think it is and what the reality is is so, so wide. Oh, my gosh. And like the reality is like the like the reality is the boys could be riding the like seven foot boards if they wanted to and chipping in early and like making the wave like a bit easier if they wanted to but like they're all riding these like tiny boards to make their drops like as critical as possible and like it's just like it's so nuts to see like the criticalness of what they're what they're doing and um and like the how dangerous it is it's like <laughs> they're like the way the wave comes in like so fast I remember I saw Geordie take off on his wave the nine eight it must have been and I almost was like oh my god don't go like I just thought it was like too gnarly when I was watching for the chat from the channel and like they just take these like elevator like drops straight down the face and just like yeah it's just it's amazing did anyone on the on the women's side of the field um surprise you uh, either way in the sense of you know, I thought that surfer was going to do better or I didn't know that surfer was going to do as well yeah I think Lakey was awesome like the way that she pushed herself at, at backdoor um I think Moana just blows my mind like the way that she gets the entry into that wave the way that she like makes it look like it's like a, a chip in I think she was riding a bigger board I think mm. some of the girls will have to go and like just really look at their equipment I think and because Moana just looked like she was like purring into these waves making like you know but she also it was the positioning as well she knew her little chip in spot her lineup and she could um 
yeah, sort of chip into a few, but then also the way she was swooping and like her technique on her swoop is just like so amazing. I knew Tyler would do well. Um, that backdoor one that she got on the finals day was sick. Like that was like the highest score of the day. It was like the deepest sort of barrel. Yeah. But yeah, Carusu has an amazing, like just amazing barrel riding technique. I thought it would have been sick, yeah, to see Tatiana be being further down because I know that she would have like charged. I think Tatiana like sometimes tries to charge like too hard and if she can like pull it back and just get her positioning right, she'll just like start nailing it out there Mm. Um, because she would like even in her heat against Moana, she like made one of the craziest drops where she like actually like does kind of what the boys does and put herself like puts herself like right under the lip to like have this gnarly drop, lands it, but then she was like too deep and the wave was just like a a crazy wave. But um, yeah, she's... If she can like refine a few things and like get her positioning in the wave selection, I think she'll be awesome out there. And I mean, it was just a bummer that Steph couldn't surf because oh, like the backdoor yes. day, like she was just like, just yeah, it was hard for her to watch because she was like, oh my god, there's like my dream, you know, like four five foot backdoor de- backdoor waves. Like yeah, she would have been frothing. I want to get to Steph in a little bit, but oh, yeah. as we are recording on February 11th, it is Kelly Slater's oh, yeah. 50th birthday today. Happy birthday to you. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure he's <laughs> had enough of that lately. I know. You had the benefit of being in the trenches throughout the entire event. And I want to put a theory across you. I was there for a bit of it, but I was not there on, I don't think I was there on the day that he he beat Baron in the last four seconds, but put a theory past you and I want to get your read on it. When he came in and he was you know, really, really emotional, my theory is that he had already resigned himself to retiring in that heat and it kind of worked out what he was going to say and he has so much respect for Baron. And you know, I think if he'd gone out at that stage of the event, he, he maybe would not have been super motivated to surf the rest of the events this year and it would have been of a little bit of a torch pass to Baron. I think yeah, I have a theory yeah. that he was going to come in and say that and he'd already kind of processed it sitting out in the water. And then four seconds left, he he nails that wave. And when he comes in, he was so emotional because he's going, oh, like I would already worked out kind of this like bookend in my career. Totally. And so so I'll pause there first. But what do you do you think that that theory has any merit? I mean, I think it does have some merit, but I guess you just kind of never really know with Kelly. Like I thought maybe he might just like, cruise along the year but now that they have the cutoff he couldn't really just pick and choose like you know like or just be able to go to chope so i mean it probably does have some merit but um i yeah he was so emotional like after that one that wave with baron like he was yes like he shocked himself i mean he we're so used to seeing him do that over the years like in so many heats where he's just pulled out the last like two second wave gets the 10 wins the comp like but i think it had been such a long time between like a moment like that Mm. And he just like after he won that heat, like I straight up was like, "Yep, yeah, like Kelly and Moana are going to win the contest." Sure. And um, and I like just called it. It was like he just, it was like something reignited. And um, but he's also yeah, he's been out backdoor like surfing a bunch and like piping backdoor in the lead up to the contest. And I've seen him get some like amazing waves. Yeah, he just was like backdoor, backdoor and pipe king again. Like it was just, it was just incredible. It was funny on on our side, on inside the WSL too, because, you know, it, when, and I think he sort of signaled that this may be sort of a farewell season for him, but when he retires, that's going to be, 
you know, a 30 year chapter of surfing history, competitive surfing history that comes to a close. And so totally. there are all these meetings going on about like, when's he going to do it? What's he going to do? Is he going to surf sunset and all the, and, and, and I kind of settled on like, okay, well, if he didn't do, if he didn't say anything on the podium at pipe, it reminded me of all those years where like kind of the late oddies, like early 2010s, where he was before the season would start. I don't know if I'm going to come back. Like, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to do the whole year. I might be retiring from full-time competition, but yeah. I, I joke with everyone at the company because I'm like, he rode for Quicksilver all those years. Quicksilver sponsored the opening event of the year on the Gold Coast. He generally did pretty good at that event. And then kind of the collective momentum of like, you got a fifth or a first or whatever it is, like go for another world title. And he'd be like, all right, I'll turn it up to bells kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling the same energy now that he's one pipe. I think in the back of his brain, he's like, why can't I be in the finals at lowers? Like totally. I actually feel like, yeah, like he he said on, I think he said on the podium, like, or in his interviews, like I've just got some like massive thinking to do about, right. yeah, because I think he wasn't going to come to Sunset. He doesn't surf sunset. Like me and right, Strider yeah. were talking doesn't about like it. Doesn't like surfing big boards. Yeah. He's like, yeah. We were talking about it um yeah, yesterday at our at our like commentary meeting and I was like, Oh, I feel like Kelly could do really good and Strider's like, Oh, he doesn't really surf he like he doesn't <laughs> doesn't have like but I think like with that momentum, like just he could do yeah, like I feel like he could pull anything out right now. He loves spells, yeah, Margie's it's just, and just never super Tobos, like in winters, basically, like could be like pipeline over sand. Like, I think he's got like a good run, and I think he really wants to surf G land again. So, it's kind of to Ooh. me, it's like I think he's going to push himself through the mid season cut. That's the thing, like, these waves are all like barrel waves, and he's one, he's the best barrel rider, one of the best. It's just, yeah, there, there is a surfer's WhatsApp thread, and I think one of the signals is like if Kelly's like chiming in a lot on like caddy rules or what like calls or whatever it's kind of like i think he's got i think he's into it like i think he's gonna try to surf kind of thing like because he's he's clearly kind of fixated on i got it. taken out of that chat i need to get back in there yeah oh I think, you got the i think this BTS podcast access. will put you back in oh there's plenty of people in that chat that probably shouldn't be there you absolutely should yeah i was in there and then i think i um i, I posted something something funny then I got taken out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a quick way to get booted. <laughs> like, there's been a lot of like, I'm going to type this and then I'm like, I better not turn this down. I think I maybe posted a photo of like Renato after the Narabin contest and then, yeah, Jesse was like, you have been removed from the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn it, <laughs> let me back in. <laughs> I want to hear all the goss. <laughs> and I need the goss now because I'm going to have a BTS show. We're going to get to that, but we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsor. And when we come back, we are going to talk about your BTS show. So we'll be right back. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right. So we're coming back from break. Right before we went to break, Laura, you mentioned your next project. Tell us what it is and when we can expect it. Yes. Well, yeah. So this year I've taken on a role on the commentary team. So I'm learning from the best there. And then also on the side, I'm I'm doing like a behind the scenes uh, tour vlog. So yeah, I'm going to be traveling around to all the stops this year and just sort of bringing some, you know, fun behind the scenes, um, you know, at the contest, contest site, lay day, lay day action and, um, yeah, just annoying all the surfers, just being in their face <laughs> kind like. of a, yeah, so it's it's something cool. Like we were we were chatting about it and, um, yeah, with, within the, the production team and it, we just thought it could be something that could be really fun and like a, a different sort of insight into like I guess both sides like myself doing the commentary and, and being out there and like being out in the water at like perfect 10 foot pipe and and then just seeing you know this other side to a lot of the athletes but um pipe was a bit hard because everyone's like in their houses and like I'm like hello <laughs> can I come <laughs> hang out and everyone's like ah COVID I'm like oh, yeah. the first episode but- <laughs> you're just knocking on a bunch of doors like, yeah basically they're like, hey, they're like I'm still the cop I'm like I've already had stuff. COVID I'm sweet to go like come on <laughs> let me in let's like cook and they're like yourself <laughs> no 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 there, there's some like there's some good moments we've um I mean piping itself was just such like a crazy amazing contest so it was just like we've got some cool cool content of everyone and wipeout sections and yeah it's it'll be it, it'll be fun we're just gonna it'll be something that will just keep evolving as the um as the year you know evolves and and then you know it's this year's so different with that mid-year cutoff and and all the new stops so I'm just stoked to be able to yeah, be back on tour in some form and you know like like I said like I'm I'm loving the the commentary role and like learning so much and just even just be, like being there and like even still being on the fence about like oh would I go back like I'm st- just learning a lot about competing and like the way everyone works and waking up earlier than I ever did on tour <laughs> <laughs> well I, I was gonna actually make that comment too because going back to what we talked about at the beginning like you occupy such a unique space in surfing because you're so adaptable and you seem to succeed in in so many ways right and I'm not trying to blow you up here but but my point is that having someone do a behind the scenes tour vlog is made so much more interesting when it's someone like yourself who's who's doing it because you have been on the championship tour you have been competing for CT events and for world titles like you are in the lineup at backdoor and 
that is a pretty specific skill set that doesn't always translate to someone who can do a show or even commentate. Like there's, it's a pretty small Venn diagram. And I would imagine that your, your background, and again, as you pointed out, like maybe you're going to put the jersey on at some point again too, it actually grants you access and insight into these surfers' lives that other people wouldn't have. Yeah, and I think, I I think like so many of the surfers just like, and this year I'm just getting to know all the all the amazing rookies, and like I want to like share another side to everyone and and share the story and like even just you know, see how I mean obviously I'm I'm dealing with the box to box box guys doing their BTS show. It's just going to be a bit bigger than mine, but uh, we've been having some wars. I'm like, hey, I've got this interview. Like, <laughs> um, Apple but, uh, TV what? Yeah. Get out of here. Uh, I'm like, hey, move over. I've got yeah, my right. WSL show here. I'll be taking over this interview. But, um, no, it's just they're different, totally different things. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's just telling um, the story from, I guess, what I, I see and um, hopefully everyone loves it. <laughs> Does it have a name? It's just the tour vlog at the moment, so keeping it pretty specific and um, yeah, to the point. Say what say what it is on the tin. Um, I'm all for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll just be going around to every event this year, and so it'll be but yeah, a bit of both, and then a lot of free surfing, lay day surfing. Um, yeah, just everyone hanging out around the contest, which will be really cool. You mentioned something about getting to know the rookies, and both on the the men's and the women's side this year, we have a, a lot one of the larger rookie classes I can remember seeing of, of true rookies coming on. And on the women's side in particular, some really, really young surfers. Y- you qualified, I, I want to say, when you were 18. Is that right? Yeah, I qualified, yes, yeah, 17. And 17. By the time, yeah, the first World Tour rolled around, I was 18. Yeah. 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 What was your experience surfing against the world's best surfers at such a young age and and how do you think that's either similar or different to what it is now? Because you've got, you know, surfers like Betty Lucicura Johnson, I think she's 16, Luana Silva, 17. You got a bunch of young women that are joining the tour now. What have you noticed that's similar and what have you noticed that's different between when you qualified versus versus now? Yeah, I mean, it was so cool um, that final at the last Challenger Series in Haliba. So they hadn't had that contest for 10 years. And in the final, it was... Gabby, Betty Lou, and Carissa. It was like three three Groms in Carissa. Oh, and India, India Robinson. So, yeah, that was like a final where it was like all these younger girls and Carissa and literally 10 years before that in the last Haliva QS there, <laughs> the final was myself, and this is where I qualified, myself, Carissa, Coco and Lane in the final. <laughs> I rem- I was on the beach. I totally remember this. And this is when I qualified. Yeah. And um and yeah, it was like just I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, like Carissa battling against like all these, you know, girls that are like ten years younger than her have just come through and like just all made the final. And um yeah, me, I think me, Coco and Carissa all qualified that year. Maybe Coco had just done the year before, but yeah, like it was just it just seemed like so f- so wild to me watching that final and just knowing what those girls are going through like you know Betty being a bit younger only 16 now obviously Katie not taking her Katie Simmers not taking right. her spot I think that would have been a really hard decision to make but um I think you know if it, she it was like a genuine I'm not I'm not ready for this and but yeah Luana I think Luana just showed that she's like so powerful and um amazing and and I think 
going to be exciting for those girls. Like I actually think they're going to, um, and India, like they, they all p- amazing power surfers, have an amazing rail game. Um, I think they're going to like do really well on in the, you know, especially here at Sunset at Bell's Margies. Like I think those girls are incredible power surfers. And um, yeah, so I know the feeling, like I feel like for they, the, like all the rookies didn't really have, much luck or didn't really get too many good waves at, at backdoor and pipe but I think you know that was just such a a new space for everyone so hopefully they can all brush it off and um and take a bit more confidence into into sunset but yeah most of those girls have been uh Luana that's her home break Betty like loves loves sunset as well so I think it, it'll be super exciting the the Katie Simmers thing that you mentioned is interesting because you know surfing as a sort of a industrial cultural phenomenon is obsessed with the cult of youth in a lot of ways and you know you see younger and younger surfers over the course of you know for the last few decades you see it in all sports now as well like all sports there's like you know the sky browns there's like the Mm -hmm. chloe kims and like all these like super super young athletes coming through and just doing like crazy things and um but yeah like the burnout is real like it's it is something that you have to be so careful of i think steph and i were talking about it Yesterday, like I know for a fact, after like like my but my third year on tour, I was like so burnt out. I was I was not doing as well as I thought. I'd have some really good results and then be on the channel, like back on the QS and right. and doing about twenty events a year, and it just led to like massive burnout for me. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, if the girls can, you know, with that mid year cut off, I think everyone's going to have to get used to you know that un you know not qualifying like. To me, when I was first on tour, like not qualifying seemed like the most like crazy, like scary thing like on the planet. And that's when you're just so wrapped up in like right. the results and stuff. But I think like not qualifying is going to be like a, a thing that happens to like a lot, like a lot of people are just going to get pushed through. You know, they only have five events to, mm. and we, we might see some of the world's best surfers not qualify and then get back on the Challenger Series and get back on again next year. And yeah, it's just going to shake things up a lot. I think we will for sure. And I mean, it's, yeah, geez, it's it having to go through all that when you're a teenager and also in a lot of ways, both on the men's and women's side, what we've seen in the past, like not actually actually having the physical adult body to battle with, you know, your competitors in a lot of ways who might be in their mid 20s or their 30s or whatever it is. And it's interesting, right, because the industry likes to kind of pay for potential instead of achievement sometimes in the sense of like, here's this young person. It's very exciting what what the possibility is with this person. Let's give them the big contract. And it's almost like by the time you're in your 20s or your 30s and you're maybe winning CT events or you're winning world titles, the industry is a little bit like, ah, you know, you've kind of had yours. Like, let's see who's next. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I, and I wonder, you know, with with you looking back, qualifying at 17 and competing at 18, all things being equal, would you would you have reconsidered kind of waiting to, to do the championship yeah. tour until you're a little bit older and maybe just had grown into like a, an, an adult body for a totally. lot of people? You know? Well, it's like it's adult, an adult body, but also like just finding like an adult mentality as well. Right. Just like I felt so young and so oblivious and had never like had a dot of like anxiety or stress or like pressure. I was just like floating through life. Like there was no no problems like I was just like so oblivious to what it felt like to have like pretty hard stress and that was at like 16 17 and then like then you get on tour and you have the pressure and the weight and like everything you have all of a sudden everything to lose (laughs) and like if you don't know how to like if you've never done any like mental coaching like I'd I'd never even really 
I was, I was like, you know, I'll never deal with any of, of that. Like, I'm too happy-go-lucky. Like I would just always be like, if I lose, it's fine, whatever. And then when you lose like eight contests in a row and you're just like everyone in your team and your sponsors are like, what is going on? And you're just like, I am melting and falling apart and can't pull my shit together and sorry. No, can't no. cannot like <laughs> can't say that on on, on the commentary. You can actually. But, uh, <laughs> we can say whatever we like. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just things can go south, and then but you, yeah, you have to have that team around you. I think we talked about it in the last podcast. But um, I feel like now I'm hoping these girls and these young young crew just have have their team around team around them, ready to just like bounce back really strong if they have you know a, a loss and. Yeah, like I, I, I hope that they are just, yeah, kind of prepping themselves and, and understanding that like a lot of people can have that burnout and, yeah, it's especially, yeah, with the schedule, if you fall, yeah, fall off the CT and, and then you're back on challenges, it's like, like eight events throughout the rest of the year then the CT starts again like a month yeah. later at yeah. the end of it. So like that schedule is like pretty full on. But um, about, to answer your question, I like – I actually thought when I qualified at 17 I was like oh like I'm not even legal to drink yet like I just want to like be like an 18 year old like I, I actually thought about that and like I went down and told a few friends at Narrabeen that like I was maybe not going to take the spot now like are you serious like this is like the dream like you, that that's like crazy and I was like yeah well, like I don't know like I just want to like live my life and like do some normal stuff and then at the end of the day I was like this is an opportunity what if I never like requalify again like it's just you, you just have it in front of you and you just got to run with it and like I didn't finish school I didn't have like any high school accreditation I didn't even like do my year 10 exams I was away competing doing like the pro junior series and the QS and then didn't finish high school yeah dropped out in year 11 so I just like put all my eggs in the surf basket and then yeah, I think we chatted about it last time as well when I started having um, my, like, breakdown of, of mentality <laughs> during, like, like first three years on tour. I was like, I'm going to be a psychologist. I'm going to be my own sports psychologist. I started studying, like, psychology whilst I was competing and then I was like, oh, no, you just got to go see a psychologist. And, like, <laughs> That's what they teach all the psychologists. It's like, I can be my own therapist. This is fine. Totally, Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and I, it's one of those things too that uh, 10 years ago, I don't think, A, this wasn't really a conversation around mental health or even sort of like mental conditioning and very few, maybe no one was doing that work. And and I think today, inside and outside of surfing, that is something that's pretty pretty consistent. And, yeah. and also just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I think that what you're getting, it's an interesting topic. Like, as long as I've been employed here, which is my 17th year, it was so unstable for so long to your point where it's like, oh, my God, if I don't take my spot on the championship tour, I don't know what the QS looks like next year. I can't yeah. rely on it even being there, having the events be the same or me being better or whatever it is. I, I have to take this opportunity where I think what Jesse Miley Dyer and the Tours and Competitions office is doing in terms of that redesign is a lot around stabilization to the point where young surfers should be able to look at these three new tiers and say, I've got confidence that, to your point, it didn't work out for me in the first five events on the championship tour, but I don't, I don't fall off the planet. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go on the challengers. Exactly, I'll go on the challenger yeah. series where if I'm good enough, I'm going to be back on the CT at Pipe come January 2023. Yeah, I mean, I mean, someone like Brisa did that last year, right? Yeah. She fell off after Mexico, performed on the challenger series, and was back on. And I think hopefully those kind of things give athletes better like confidence and security, right? 
yeah, it is. It's confidence, security, and it's like the idea of like when when I was on a falling off and having a whole year off and then coming back on, like so much, yeah, like it just it feels like when you're younger, like that is the longest time ever to like miss a year on tour, like fall off for a whole year and then but now it's like, yeah, you can requalify in the same year. And I think that's that's amazing. It's tricky too. Like if you if you look at other sports, and I know it's like a big scene to compare surfing to other sports, but there is like you just look at kind of like examples, right? And I think if you took, I did this the other day, if you take Steph and Sally outside, out of the field, because they're a little bit older, they're they're around 30, the average age of the CT women is 23 on tour. Yeah. Uh, and when you look at something like the WNBA, the average age is around 27 or 28. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of these other sports have kind of built in maturation systems in a way where it's like, you know, the NFL is about not maybe not the best example, but like you have to kind of go through the NCAA system to get to the NFL. And I don't think anyone's Pollyanna-ish enough to think that like every NFL player is going to class and earning their degree and all that stuff. But even if they're not, it's still four years of having to grow up, of having to like interact with other people before you hit the elite level. And surfing just never had that, you know, like you're as you pointed out, you're like, I'm 17. I best I guess I'm I'm competing for world title now. Like that's where we're at kind of thing. Totally. I know. I think, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's just like you have it right in front of you. You're just like I, like those girls, like Betty and Luana, that was like their first shot at like doing the QS and that was kind of how it was for like, you know, I, I feel like every five years we're seeing, like every few years we're just seeing this like group of young girls and it was like at the time it was like me, myself, Coco, Malia, Carissa, Tyler, um, Sal, and like we all got on quite young. Like we were all doing it young and so I think that's the same thing as these young girls they're like Betty I'm sure Katie will be the next year it's like they've got a new crew of like really young girls that'll be you know, doing it together and like having their back and having that support as like you know being that same age group and um going through it all together and like hopefully supporting and like being able to open up when things are you know not going the way they planned and and you know keep yeah, supporting each other, I guess. It's tricky. And I want I want to get your insight on this too, though, right? Because I think you're totally right. Like both on the men's and the women's tours, yeah. it cycles where you get sort of a generational shift of like, okay, this new class is coming in. It's so wild on the men's side to be like, all of a sudden, like Geordie and oh, obviously Kelly, the 50-year-old. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> other than that, it's like Geordie and Owen are like the oldest crew. Like it's right. just, yeah. Like, and then now it's, it's, the mid 20 year olds like mid to late 20 year olds are all there and then there's now the young crew coming through like on the rookie side it, it's tr it's tricky though like because uh, the insight i want to get from you though is not as young on the men's side though i think so, sometimes you get it though and obviously like the surfing industrial complex has a lot of hype around what we talked about like young people qualifying but when when it's men or women they're qualifying at whatever 16 17 18 around that space and it's super exciting and for sure it's going to push the level of surfing. I still look at some of these young women that have qualified and I think in my head, I'm like, okay, like are, what's going to happen when they come up against a fully powered Carissa Moore or Stephanie Gilmore? And I'm like, man, I still think there's a huge gap in, in terms of ability. And I'm, I'm interested to get your read on that. Maybe I'm reading it wrong. Well, but, I, I yeah. actually think that this year's rookies between – so I guess when I qualified, I, other than getting my Haliever event, like most of the waves that I qualified in were like one foot and like right. pretty small. And like I'm like a small build girl. Like I actually would beat all the, you know, stronger girls when it was small because I could just be like whippy and fast. And 
I think it's kind of different with this year's rookies because, like, you know, Luana, uh, Gabby, Betty Lou and India all did their work at both Huntington and then at Irisira and then at Halle Eva when it was, like, big. Like, they actually have a lot of power. Like, Betty Lou, the way that she, like, turns her boards and throws her spray, like, I think she's going to do, like, amazing in all the powerful waves and all the Hawaii, like, Hawaii girls are, um, yeah, they're powerful. They know how to ride big boards. Like, I think that they're going to do really well at, like, the Margies, the Bells, Sunset because that was, like, their their power and same with India like she's an amazing power surfer so I think they're going to have the power they maybe not the progression like that Carissa's we're seeing from Carissa and so I think I I don't know I feel like they could they could ruffle some feathers for sure I think that's a good note and I think that's actually kind of another testament to the redesign a little bit because of the the Challenger series is intended to be in sort of elevated waves as much as possible. So you're kind of getting the, the surfers that matriculate through that, as you pointed out, have had to prove themselves in sort of waves that are closer to the championship tour. Yeah. And I think that's why Katie maybe like, you know, established that she was like, I did really well in at Huntington. She was flaring. She has that flair. She has that like progressive side of her surfing, but then she, obviously like at Irisira and, um, and Hallie Eva, she probably noticed that she didn't have the power because she's so small, like she's 15. Like, and yeah. she was probably so shocked that she she got there and was like, yeah, I think she made a really good call. She's going to just be able to grow, develop, be like a young kid for a couple more years. And then and kind of like Carissa, Carissa like could have qualified. She was like one of the best in the world at 14 and she decided to, you know, back off, go to school, finish school and jump on when she was 18, 19 mm. and then came on like, so, like she – and she's had such a long career, like the longevity in, in Carissa's career has been amazing. And and Steph was talking about it yesterday as well. Um, like she finished school. I was like, weren't you on tour when you were like 12? She was like, no. She was like, I like won a wild card at 17. But she's like, I went to school and was like, and I finished school and jumped on when I was 19. Or Yeah, so she, she got on tour when she was 19. But, yeah, so I think she has... Yeah, we were having the same conversation though. Like, just that's the age. Um, I think Katie made a really cool, good call, and like, I'm proud of her for doing that. It's it's rad. I was like, have a fun year, just surfing and cruising, and then maybe she will do the Challenger series. Maybe she might take a couple years off, like, and just keep free surfing because she could jump on the tour when she's 18 and or 19 and be like one of the best air girls in the world. It's like totally, yeah. and I and it's such a good point you bring up about Steph who is in the conversation for being, you know, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. As silly as it sounds, like comparatively kind of joined the tour late compared to a lot yeah. of people, you know, at she 19, did. she finished school, which which is interesting. we got a couple more topics we're going to get to and some listener questions for you, but we're going to take one more break to get a word from our sponsors back in. And when we come back, we will talk about it all. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential, and a yoga mat is no different. 
Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com, code THELINEUP1515. So let's bring it back to you and your surfing, Laura, because I want to get your honest opinion. You mentioned you're 30 years old. Do you think that you're doing the best surfing of your life right now? I actually don't in like performance terms, but I do in like the way that I'm reading waves and like in, criti- in critical waves of consequence. Like it's like two different types of surfing to me. Like I've probably abandoned my like turns and cars and progression in that sense but like my eyes are just like I'm like goo goo gaga at getting big barrels <laughs> and like I just like want to get the biggest barrels and like I just for me there's no better feeling and I want to like be able to like make those critical drops and be taking off in the critical part and focus on paddle surfing and, and paddling in and not towing so yeah even being able to go to the outer reefs I, I had um I actually had Alex Gray come over and um he was like mentoring me uh, at the start of they just we were just surfing together and he's you know surfs gets amazing waves and off the wall and so we were just like surfing there and then we went and surfed some of the outer reefs and um like I got invited to the Jaws the Jaws event this year and it was kind of like when I got the invite like oh my gosh like I've just been at home the last two years like I haven't even ridden a big board I haven't been able to go train and I was like probably like back when I was 2019 I was like so ready for that event. So for this this year for me to come over here was like, let's just get your feet back in the wax, go charge. To be honest, like I paddled out of the outer reef like a few weeks ago and got out there and was like, oh, God, everything feels bigger than I remember. Like <laughs> big wave surfing is bigger. <laughs> um, I was like, these waves are pretty big. And they're like, you know, it wasn't jaws or anything, but I was like, oh, gosh, heart was pumping. And I was like, God, do you like really love this? And I was like sitting out there having like a conversation with myself and I was like, let's just get a, a shoulder hopper to start. And then after that I was like, it just all clicked and I was like, let's go get a bigger one. Then I was like, let's get a bigger one and could have sat out there all day, but um, I'm, I'm like hooked on it again. So, <laughs> But do you think that your experience at the outer reefs in sort of radical conditions, critical waves, that experience and how you're learning to read water, do you think that that translates to your performance surfing at some point? And I'll give you a crappy uh, comparison because what you surf is nothing like what I surf, but just on the tiniest <laughs> of fractions, you know, if I go to Hawaii and I surf out at Sunset Beach and it's like slightly overhead and I stay for a couple of weeks and I surf slightly overhead Sunset Beach, which is probably three foot Hawaiian, I come home to my little beach break and I'm like, I'm full of confidence. I feel like I understand how water moves a little bit better. Totally. Like I, I'd imagine that there is something <laughs> that does translate, even though you say like, oh, like, you know, maybe my performance surfing isn't what it used to be, but it might actually be better. Like if you, yeah. you know, in a way, I mean, that's, I that's the theory. I haven't really given it much like breath to totally notice because I've just been like, I've kind of just been surfing like twenties and stuff when it's a bit smaller and stuff. But um, yeah, definitely when you surf like a 15 foot wave, you go back to a, a three foot wave and that like gnarly three foot floater or like, like end section feels like 
nothing. <laughs> You're like, oh, this right. is like the easiest thing ever. So yeah, you have a whole new like, yeah, look at the wave, and that's probably why you see John John doing like a crazy air on like a four foot wave. I'm like, most people wouldn't even want to like do a floater or like a whitewater tap on that thing, and like he's just doing like, these huge airs on like huge sections because they feel small. <laughs> I, I remember talking to Kalohe about this last year, and we brought that up, and he's like, you know, like the wave that formed me was like T Street lowers, right? And he goes, the wave that formed. Jack Robinson is like the box in North Point yeah. and John is pipeline. And he goes, it's just a different thing. You know, the, the translation and what they read in the water in critical waves and how you apply that. Now, obviously you can work very hard in both directions to, you know, if you grew up at North Point, you're like, oh, I gotta learn how to surf a beach break. And if you grew up at T Street, you're like, I gotta learn how to surf pipe sort of thing. But like, totally, it, it does feel like it, it does translate in an interesting way. Yeah, I think it does. Like you find this whole new confidence and that's, what I think it is for me. It's like, it's just, it's confidence and it's like, yeah, thrilling and exciting. And, and um, like, I'm super obsessed with, <laughs> it's like an obsessive thing, but um, I'm kind of like, it's kind of good. Like I know, I know to when to switch it on, on and off and like, you know, even with this new, the new commentary job as well, like it's, it's kind of good. I, I like surf my brains out for like three weeks and I was like, oh, I'm a bit like tired. The, the waves have been pumping the whole time here. But um, yeah, I think for me, it's just, you know, I have my own goals for this year and like excited to yeah hit them. And then, and then I, I would probably want to be like, yeah, let's see if I can translate this into turns and, and where my turns are at now. And like, that's when I'll probably really, be able to know at the end of the year if I could could get back onto a because like you could jump onto a now and just be like a barrel specialist or like a gnarly wave specialist but then yeah like if you're not there with the turns up like if your turns aren't up to scratch with the other girls then I don't know I, I, I mean I guess that's fair but I always think that like there's always room to improve you know and this yeah, comes up a exactly. lot on this podcast where and, and I think we probably talked about it too where it's like again because of all the hype that goes into young surfers qualifying a lot of them qualify and they're like, I've reached the top. This is as good as I ever need to be. All these magazines, well, like Instagram, say so. So I'm done. Whereas you look at surfers like McFanning or Adriana D'Souza or Steph and, and they get to the tour and they're like, I'm pretty good, but I have a lot to learn. Yeah. And I remember like when John qualified and, you know, he grew up under one of the more intense spotlights ever. And when he qualified, the general consensus around the tour was like, well, I hope he does well enough to like make it at pipe. And I think he he's like on the record as being like, oh, yeah, no, I had to do a lot of work on my turns and errors. And now you see what he does out of like rock piles and stuff. And you're like, you're redefining what people can do in turns broadly because of that background. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's yeah, it is like like you're saying, it's it's where everyone grows up. It's um, it's like. Felipe is just so amazing and then he's had to prove himself in these bigger waves and it's like you know like on a normal day out pipe like it's pipe specialists out there like the people that surf these waves like it's kind of like the same as everywhere like all barreling waves around the world there's like these people that are just like they don't even probably have many boards that they do turns on they're just like I like want to just get these big barrels and like I'll focus all my time and energy like on like getting these the barrel like the winter um mm. They don't even want to borrow like the other waves, but uh, that's what makes these tour surfers so amazing and versatile and like what they're doing now and, and you know, pushing themselves at pipe and being so versatile is, is pretty cool to see. And like I loved I loved watching like, you know, there was so many of the men on that first day at pipe that like 
they all just charge so hard. Like giving them that opportunity to go out and just like have perfect pipe in like round one of the event. Like there's so many of those surfers that you would never get to see because usually the, I feel like the pumping day would always be on finals day. But to have right. like that perfect pipe for all of those like underground guys that would like never get away like the Connor O'Leary's, you know, Jacko Baker's, um, yeah. Jow, even just having those opportunities like um, Sammy, Sammy Pupo, like was so sick to see him like and, and all of them just like what you can do if you have that opportunity. I feel like the Pupo brothers in particular, I feel like their resting heart rate at 12 foot pipeline is probably what mine is when I'm having a nap. Like they're just so like, uh, you know, like it's so like, you know, like, man, that's like a superpower watching you guys surf. I know. I was having the funny, like I've got this like awesome video of um, Sammy just like having a donut before his heat. (laughs) And then like Miggy was down there and he was like supporting Sammy in the quarterfinal and then the men's semis got pushed forward and he was just like cruising on up like anyone else would have been like scrambling and he was just like like they're just so chill it's so cool and like I love this and I love that there's like a brother dynamic on tour it's sick we just had the first women's championship tour event at pipeline this is dropping we're actually recording day one of the window we're not on today but this is going to be dropping probably after we've ran at least the opening day at Sunset Beach and Sunset Beach has been a staple of the women's tour since its inaugural year in 1977. It is a wave that women have performed so well at in the past, whether it's Lynn Boyer or Lane Beachley, you know, Sophia Milanovic, uh, you know, Tyler Wright, you know, Carissa, Steph, et cetera. What are your predictions for the event coming up on the women's side? Yeah, I think, I think that Carissa is going to be hard to beat. I'm super interested to see what like Moana takes from from mm. Pipe to Sunset. That's like a whole conversation itself, like with poli- like qualification at the end of um, sure. the five events. Like, so it'll be cool to see that unravel. But uh, Steph, I feel like she's just jumped on some Takoras and she's like loving them, feeling really confident. But yeah, like someone like Bronte McCauley as well could come out of the gates flying. The backside girls could do amazing, like doing some like really critical like in the pocket surfing. So, and Tatiana, I think will be um, hard to beat too. You mentioned Steph and obviously we talked about, you know, how frustrating it must've been for her to be in a COVID protocol and not get to compete at pipe mentally, since you two are obviously very close, you still be staying together. How do you think she is mentally heading into sunset beach is she just like chomping at the bit is she calm is she a little bit deflated like how do you kind of see her heading into sunset beach yeah i think it was like a hard like really hard time for her to miss miss pipe and then um yeah get just have to sit it out and watch in such like a historic moment yeah i had yeah she was definitely very rattled and like she even like had moments where she was like oh like i could tell she was like do i just like not do the year like you, mm. you get one throwaway now but like She's right. in a position where she's got last place or a zero, like throwaway. She doesn't have any room to really um, mm. have any bad results now. But I watched that quickly turn from like deflation into like a lot of, you know, she just started surfing sunset every day. And as soon as she could, could surf, she's just been out there every morning and putting in the time and, and trying her boards. And um, I've just seen her get more and more confident every day. And then when she jumped on these new boards the other day, she was like, She's hard, like she doesn't want to give away much because she's still right, so yeah. like she's so chill. But um, yeah, she seemed like really stoked and excited. 
I feel like the the media around that that narrative in particular, because we've got this influx of young women on tour, are so quick to kind of prejudge like Steph's had her time. She's ready to kind of be put out to pasture. And I'm like, man, I've been here for so long and I've seen this up close. I really think she's surfing better than ever. And again, kind and 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 similar to what we were saying before, it's like the young women coming on tour are so amazing, but they just, to me, they have a long way to go before they could even think about challenging a full-powered Steph Gilmore. So yeah. I would like to see her come back and just no holds bar. I think she's got more world titles in her and I'm excited about yeah. that. I just think that like her forehand card is like one of the most like smooth, well-timed, beautiful bits of art. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I think that, you know, like some of these other girls, like the Bettys, and they might have the flair and throw a lot of spray, but I think like Steph's precise timing and everything and, yeah, if she can get the waves and beat in the headspace, I think she's still going to be hard to beat. Like she still wants it like we saw her at Mexico last year, just like mm. just surf, like incredible. And so she's got a lot of rights to go or she's got a, a lot of rights in the first half of the year to, yeah, do some damage there and then, you know, she's – yeah, gonna have to turn it on the lefts in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you, we've got J Bay, Punta Roca oh, in the yeah, back Jay half. Bay, like I, you yeah. know, like yeah. And funny enough, like she was. I think she. God, I want to. I'm gonna probably screw this up. I think she won the first event we had in Peru back in the day when we went yeah, to the lefts. Yeah. And it's like everyone's like, oh, Steph won in, on a backhand kind of thing. And and it's like I, she can surf. She's an amazing surfer. It's just there's so many of those Gold Coast surfers who have such a strong forehand that they're like, oh, people are like, they can't surf on their backhand. It's like, no, they're still pretty good. No, they're still good in their backhand. She's been yeah. surfing rocky lefts a lot too. Mm. <laughs> That's good times. That's good times. Yeah. Well, we did mention we put out a feeler to the Instagram community, and you were very popular because we got uh, hundreds of questions back, but oh, we whittled cool. it down to three for, for time's sake. The first question is from at live underscore Sims 10, who asks, what wave has challenged you the most? Oh, probably you have pipe and pipe backdoor off the wall. Just like the crowd finding your like, some days you'll sit up there for like hours and hours and you just have to like, you know, you see these highlight reels of like so many surfers and you're like, oh my gosh, they got so many waves that day. And like the reality is like they probably surfed like the six to eight hours and got like six waves, um, like four they, waves. They all say that, even the best. They're yeah. like, oh, I spent eight hours out here and got four waves. It was a success. I'm like, was it? I don't have eight hours to spend out there. That's crazy. Some days even just like taking off and like having a nice job and pulling in and not making it. It's like, oh, success. I actually got a wave amongst the crowd. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was like my successes. I was like, oh my God, like the the drop or whatever. Um, but yeah, like just learning how to paddle in when you have like a big wall of water coming at you, moving really fast on shallow reef, like and turning and going and getting yourself in position and and the timing and, and everything. That's been like a really big, amazing scary challenge for me but um yeah obviously ending in me getting exploded a couple of times but uh yeah like when you go from like I think for me like I had that like crazy wipe pad off the wall have to like pop it up or something well, I don't know we can do that but <laughs> then a few <laughs> days later it took me a while to just like wipe the cobwebs off and be like let's try again and then I like finally got a wave like almost as big and had a nice big drop and and got like a big bow so it was like just when you have those like knockdowns and then like get back out and, and try again and have like a success it's it's pretty awesome I think that's a great answer sometimes for me it's not I've, even if I don't catch a wave but I'm like well I, I put myself in position and there were three guys that were in better position but I was close so I call that a success you know yeah something that I was telling a lot of the girls at pipe was like 
a lot of them, you know, hadn't paddled out on a big day where they'd kind of write themselves off and think, like, I just won't get away for long, like, amongst there. Like, I've never even caught a wave in that, in those bigger waves. But I think still paddling out, although it's probably not good for the amount of people out there, but like, just to be like, even sitting in the channel or sitting in the lineup wide and like, identifying exactly where the best guys at Pike were like catching their waves. Like, I think that's like a, is something that is, yeah, like it's just a really good way to like, find, like work out the lineup. That's great advice. <laughs> Second question is from at Yancey73 who asks, is Laura going to do another East Coast USA trip again? We would love to see her surf while in Virginia. Yeah, that'd be fun. I mean, I'm like so excited to travel this year. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> take me anyway, yeah. <laughs> everywhere. Like two years of like gardening and cuddling my puppy. I'm like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, pup. We'll see you later. I know. I miss my dog. <laughs> uh, that happens. Last question is from at Melinda Sims, who asks, which event would you like a wild card at this year? Assuming it wasn't pipe or sunset. Yeah. Oh, I would love to get a wild card into Chopes. But um or G Land. Chopes or G Land. I mean, I love lefts. I grew up in Have you have you been to G Land before? I've never been to G Land, but a left barrel, love it. (laughs) I actually like feel more confident almost going left and getting tubed. Like I love like the the drop and the pig dog and trying to swoop under it. Yeah, and I just love I love lefts because I'm from Narabeen. Fair point. Final segment, and we've done this before, but I don't remember answers. We can compare and contrast. It is time for the lightning round. So we've got 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. First question. If you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Thruster. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Burrito or pizza? Burrito. Last book you read? Oh, man. Spent a long time between books. <laughs> oh, like, actually, the commentary Bible for Sunset. <laughs> yeah, that is a book. That's actually bigger <laughs> yeah. than most books. Shout out to Chad Weber, yeah. Milby Shannon, Jed Pearson, the production yes, team. All the production team are the best. Best surf film ever. Gosh, it's a really hard one. There's been so many goodies. I, like, really loved Three Degrees. Uh, no, sorry, mm. Endless Summer 2 was like my all-time favorite movie. I watched it like every Friday night with my dad. I just like <laughs> couldn't believe how good TJ Barron surfed when he was like four years old. <laughs> I know. I, th- I feel like I, th- I don't remember how old I was when I watched it, but I, it would have been older. And I feel like everyone that watched it when they're older, they're just like, oh, I was yeah. doing that at four. So it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> but that movie actually like petrified me from going to Fiji because it was they like had the right. sea snake and I was like oh yes. my gosh I'm never going there the place is crazy and they ramped it. up how scary it was yeah, too yeah, they're yeah. like, they're oh, like oh, you, could like, you could die you could die and from- <laughs> the rock music and Tom Carroll and I'm like well it's you know and like we live in Australia and it's like we've got snakes everywhere that keep right. going and like yeah, spiders right. every day and I was like Fiji is the most dangerous place on the planet <laughs> And I think that was a little bit of like a coming out for Kelly too, because he wasn't in the film, but he was in the Fiji segment. He like picked up yeah. the snake and everyone's like, Kelly is radical. Like, it's like, okay. So good. One wave you never have to go back to. The first thing that came to my mind was the right. <laughs> WA. <laughs> but to be honest, like I kind of want to go back and just like get one wave because I had like just such a, it was like it beat me mentally that wave. So I was like, because it beat me, I'm like, I have to go back and like just right. try like work it out or get one or like just, yeah, just Makes go sense. back and watch even. Right. 
got to process it so you can sleep well at night. Yeah. If you only get to surf one wave for the rest of your life. Oh, I was going to say cloud break, but I feel like my hips would get sort of gung left all day forever. Oh, I don't know. That's such a hard one. What do other people say to that? <laughs> oh, a lot. There's a lot of like local, like local breaks, you know, there's a lot of like dream casting. They're like, well, if I could surf like, you know, Kira back in the nineties when nobody would be that way sort of stuff. But yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I would love to surf cloud break the rest of my life. I could just like pop it in like a little wave pool. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> no, let's go to Fiji. Best person to share a lineup with? Steph Gilmore. Steph and Coco. It's mm. hilarious. Steph, Coco and Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. We have some good conversations. Worst person to share a lineup with? I don't know. I don't like, I don't like throwing anyone under the bus. It's all right. You don't have to. You can, you can say that you have an answer, but you don't want to say it. That happens Maybe a lot. like, maybe like a goat voter. Uh, yeah that's fair <laughs> all right last one finish this sentence i will next achieve a state of happiness by i will next achieve a state of happiness by not doing the dishes mm, ever again <laughs> mm, love it love it laura Annever, thank you so much for coming back on the lineup everyone by the time this drops maybe the tour vlog has dropped if not it will be yeah. imminent i cannot wait to watch that I'll see you in Hawaii in a few days, and uh, I can't oh, wait yes, to watch you on the commentary for the entire season. We're so fortunate. Thanks I know. for coming back on. I actually did like a terrible stutter at pipe. I was like, <laughs> Moana sits out here for It actually sounded like there was like a deep, a like glitch. A, someone, yeah. yeah, a glitch. <laughs> right. I was like so thankful, but now you all know I totally stuttered. I was like, <laughs> so hopefully no, no more of that. Uh, I, I, we're very fortunate to have you do what you do, especially <laughs> with your insights. So can't wait for more of it. And um, yeah, thanks for coming back on. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Legend. Chat soon. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with North Narrabeans, Laura Anover. I hope you enjoyed it. Stop number two on the 2022 WSL Championship Tour, the Hurley Pro Sunset Beach presented by Shiseido, has commenced its waiting period. It may even be running right now and will stream live on worldsurfleague.com and the WSL app. Do not miss it. This episode is produced by Henry Beyer with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that it's recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash, the Kumeye, and the native Hawaiian people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. 